0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miquez and Mash here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome into your Friday edition of Crunch Time right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion, Houston Astros. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. We are broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios here in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company specializing in new multifamily construction. Matt Miguez here. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns were that close. Quite literally that close to being the third bracket buster of the night as Tennessee was able to take down the Cajuns 58 to 55 Jordan Brown doing what Jordan Brown does 16 points on 7 of 12 shooting he also had 7 rebounds on the night Look you know looking at this game you were down 11 at the halftime break you erupted in the second half thanks to a 15-point a spurt by Kobe Julian in the second half. And you really just almost ran out of time rather than actually got beat to, to an extent. Look, defensively, I thought the Cajuns played very well for all 40 minutes. I mean, Tennessee's, it's an SEC program against the Sunbelt program. There's obviously going to be a talent gap in both offense and defense. Um, defensively, I thought the Cajuns played very well for 40 minutes. The offense just struggled so much in the second half. I mean, in the first half, that, that you really put yourself behind the eight ball in the second half. Uh, but again, you got to the NCAA tournament, you made the four-seed, really start to second-guess themselves there late in in the second half, and uh, you made that game a whole lot of fun. So, great season for Bob Marlin and company. They're losing a little bit, but uh, looking forward to seeing what they're able to do in the years to come. We will talk more about that game throughout today's show. We have audio from both Rick Barnes and Bob Marlin to get to as well. We've also got to talk about LSU Baseball and their big series with Texas A&M this weekend. We'll also talk about the Cajuns and Arkansas State. And the Saints signed a running back and not just one off the streets. A pretty good one at that. Our producer and my co-host is the one and only Mr. James Mesh. James,
2: happy Friday, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. It was an unfortunate loss, but hey, they put up a nice fight. When the game went, when you were down forty-eight to thirty,
1: and, and I want to say you were down forty-eight to thirty at the 12 twelve-minute mark of the second half, mm-hmm. I remember sitting there saying, "All right, you ran out of gas. You, you know, you you put up a fight in the first half." You were down seven, clawed back, tied it up, even took the lead at one point. You know, you kept it close for most of the beginning part of the second
2: half. You've, you've just kind of run out of gas. Mm-hmm. You, you, you were starting to think of, in your head like, okay, I mean, it was a nice run. They're probably going to expose a little more, and you're probably going to lose by 20. Correct. But Kobe Julian went Mabba mode. Kobe Julian hits a three. Mm-hmm then he hits another
1: 3. And you're like, "Okay, not not too bad, not too bad." And then Jordan Brown hits a shot.
2: And then Kobe Julian hits a layup. And then Kobe Julian makes a 3. And and you're and that and that last 3, you're like, "This is a heat check moment." And he this is a heat check. dropped it. Mm-hmm. Cuz you saw him fade away from the top of the key and you're like, "If that goes in, kids on fire. You got to keep giving them the ball." So they call time, so Tennessee called timeout. And you're like, all right, got to keep Julian and keep the momentum going. Keep giving him the ball. He's hot. He just did heat check moment. He's still hot. He never gets the ball <laughs> again. I was like, wait, what? Where is he? What happened? Q was on fire. He made 11 of your 13. You're down five now. Why is he not getting the ball? What happened? And I'm sure, like, it came to defense. Like, I'm sure they did some things to make a little more uncomfortable. To like throw him off his game, but I don't recall Kobe getting a lot of touches at least. So outside after that. of
1: outside of Kobe's spurt, mm-hmm. what was what was your play of the game in this one? Because
2: I've got one in my head. I, I want to see what yours is. I mean, it felt euphoric finally having Jalen Dalcourt knock down a three. Because you didn't knock one down the whole first half. And it took a little while in the second half for you to finally get one. You're like, okay, so they actually did make one. So this might be a little
1: wild to come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the putback dunk that Olivier Kamwa had? Mm-hmm. I
2: do, and I was like, oh no, holy moly! That was a NBA level putback. And then later they allow another putback, but not a dunk. It was a layup. And the I was like, fact, just not boxing out? The fact,
1: it, it, that that's exactly what that was. Because Kamwa came from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Put a body on him. Felt like he jumped from the free throw at line least, to go get it. At least slow him down. Right? Like something.
2: Nah, just ran straight in. Oh, I got that. Bink. And I was like, oh. because Because here's the thing. The defense of the Cajuns, they were playing so well that game. They All game, defense they, played really well. They made Tennessee feel uncomfortable, but Tennessee did the same exact thing, but it didn't feel like the Cajuns, they didn't respond to it very well. It, they It kind of felt like they just kept tripping over their own shoelaces at times because you saw them do the full court press and the trap, and then I remember coming right out of a break, pass it to Themis. Yep. Themis he gets trapped and then he like tries to get through and he like trips or something yep. falls and then Tennessee Lost. gets an easy layup. Yep. And I was like, "Okay. Now they, now they know just keep doing it." But but you also expected that because going
1: into this game it was talked about how good of a defensive team mm-hmm. Tennessee is. Yeah. Uh so you, you really expected that to happen at some point. But and an, another thing that that I thought kind of stood out and I I've had a couple of people bring this up to me about this game. Late in the second half, when both teams were distributed technical fouls, Tennessee's came first, and Bob Marlins came in retaliation. At least from what I saw. So, a question that was posed by fans following the loss was... Could things have turned out differently had Louisiana not been called for a tech? Because if Bob Marlon doesn't get a tech there, the Cajuns get two shots and the ball. So James, in a game that ended up you only lost by three, could you beg the
2: question, what would have happened if you didn't get teed up? I mean, there's always that what if. But it's not like that happened in the final 30 seconds of the game.
1: No, it happened with about three minutes to go.
2: So it's like there were still three minutes of game that could have been totally different and could have been totally played out. That's That's the issue is like you can always look at this one part, but if that gets changed, then it's not like everything else stays the exact same. E- Tennessee could have easily won by seven to ten at that point. It's like if, if something had changed. Or maybe the cages would have won. The tech came with 444 to go. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I mean it's obvious that things definitely could have
2: things. It could have swung in a so
1: many different, different, different directions. directions, right?
2: For sure. Uh, but so it, I don't. I don't think the difference maker was the techs. No, the the, the difference maker for me. Even after the way you
1: played in the second half, the difference maker for me was failing to make a three-pointer in the first half. Correct. That's the difference maker, in my opinion. The fact that you were scoreless from downtown when you came into this game 22nd in the country in three-point percentage and you didn't make a single one in the first half,
2: that killed you because you, cause you look at Greg. You look at control. You know, Themis, he's not one to shoot three, so you weren't expecting him to make one or probably not even shoot one. But seeing Contrell and Greg combined for 0 for 7 from the floor and then missing all four combined of their three-point shots, that's huge because they both ended, resulted in zero points. You can live with Themis only scoring five like he did and still getting the assist if one or both of them at least make one three each. Correct. Now, in
1: the second half, you hit six threes to make it 6-for-18 for for the game. So you were 6-of-12 from downtown in the second half.
2: But again, you know... The big issue was Tennessee went on that run right before halftime. Correct. That was the big issue because you tied it at 19 Mm -hmm. with a few minutes left. They went on an 11-0 run. And then they went on that 11-0 run. And you're like, well, now you have no momentum. Going into halftime, and right. you're gonna have to come up with something in the second half. Yep. No that that was that was the other big factor of this game.
1: You know, the the whole game really was was runs because Tennessee had jumped out to eleven to four lead. Cajuns going on eleven o run to tie it. Then Tennessee goes on an eight o run to make it nineteen eleven. You go on a ten o run to take the lead, twenty one to nineteen or 19-19, and then that's when Tennessee went on their 11-0 run right before the half. So that whole first half was nothing but runs. Uh, and then from there, I mean, in the second half, you were down as much as 18. You cut it all the way to three and just couldn't quite finish it. Uh, but again, 26-8, and eight, you won the Sun Belt. You played in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2014. There are way more positives than negatives here if if you're the Louisiana and Cajuns. And uh after the after the loss, head coach Bob Marlin gave his thoughts on the game.
3: Tennessee's very physical and in the first half we were right where we needed to be. We missed a couple of shots we normally make, Terrence Lewis and they blocked some shots too. They did a really good job there. The, I believe the score is 19 apiece, and then we let them go on an 11-0 run in the half, so our guys were very frustrated at halftime, and we had to pick them up a little bit. We didn't make a three in the first half. Uh, we've got two really good three-point shooters in Garnett and Williams, and uh, they didn't make any tonight. But came out the second half, we fought, we, we were down. I don't even know how many we were down. Thirteen or ten to go, but I know with five to go, it was a two-possession game, and I was really proud of our guys for coming back, making some shots, and these two guys sitting here beside me, really happy for them, and I'm glad that they play tonight on a big stage because they're they're the, the, that kind of player.
1: On the winning side of things, Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes gave his thoughts on the matchup and gave a ton of credit to Bob Marlin and the Raging Cagers.
4: Well, really pretty much what we expected. Uh, I've known Bob Marlin for a long time. He's got a team that he's done a great job putting together, a really terrific uh, offensive team that's very disciplined. They know exactly what they're looking for, what they want to get each time down the floor. Defensively, his teams have always done a really good job of pressure, and certainly tonight they were playing personnel, uh, which we've seen that really much, pretty much all year. But uh, it was the kind of game we expected. Uh, we knew it was going to be a hard-fought game, and kind of how we've done it many different times this year. We've relied on our defense to get it done for us and uh, found a way to score enough points. First half, turned it over way too many uh, uncharacteristic unchar- ways. But uh, a really good win, proud of our players. But, uh, again, I, I could just rave about uh, Bob and his team because those guys played their hearts out. We'll take a
1: timeout on today's show. We've got Brendan Erdle joining us. We'll talk about the Saints getting Jamal Williams and a couple of key defensive linemen as well. And then at 5 o'clock, we do it each and every Friday, our guy Jake Crane will join us for Jake's takes. We'll get his thoughts on the NCAA tournament to this point. Who's going to cut down the nets and other big headlines in the world of sports right here on the game.
0: This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, get a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for $7.50. That's a $15 voucher for half the price at AcadianaDeals.com. Head there now to get a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for $7.50.
0: Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: 420, almost 421 here on your Friday. Back here on Crunch Time, Matt Miguez, James Mesh score update from the Seattle Regional Iowa leads southeastern Louisiana 536 left in the third quarter it is a 61 to 36 lead for the Hawkeyes over the Lady Lions and it is the Caitlin Clark show I mean not like anyone is surprised she is shooting eight of 13. Three of six from downtown. She has 22 points, nine assists, and five rebounds in the contest. Uh, Southeastern shooting just 32% from the field. Uh, LSU getting ready to get underway here in about 10 minutes inside the Pete Maravich Assembly Center as they will take on Hawaii. LSU is a 32 point favorite in that one. James. How quickly
2: does this one get out of hand? Oh, I mean I I could see it getting out of hand pretty quickly. Like first five minutes.
3: I mean like, look
2: I, like I think LSU could very close could come very close to doubling Hawaii. Oh god. Now look. Like, I, I think this could be 8745
1: I'm going to give credit to Hawaii. Okay. They've had a great year. Got to the NCAA tournament. Only 64 teams can say that. Technically 68. Sometimes I just don't count the playing games because I think they're... It's
2: ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, like, what's the point? But, this is LSU we're talking about here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is a team that has lost two games this year to South Carolina and to Tennessee. I don't think it's going to be as bad as you're thinking it is, Mm -hmm. simply because I think there's going to come a point where Kim Mulkey's going to call off the dogs.
2: So do you think at that point, you think Hawaii would cover the spread of 32? Correct. I do. You think it'll be like a 25-26? In the third quarter, mm-hmm. if LSU's got a
1: 20, 25-point lead, I think she's sitting Angel Reese. I think she's sitting Flaugier-Johnson. I think I think, I think think you rest them for Sunday. Because here here here's my point of view, and I may be wrong by saying this, but this is just the way I look at it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hawaii and LSU, there's an obvious talent gap there. Correct. If your second string can't stop Hawaii... Then there's an issue. Then there's an issue. You probably don't deserve to win the game, especially if you're up twenty-five at that point, and you let Hawaii back in. Like, okay, come on, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, if, if you if you're up twenty-plus in the third quarter, halfway through the third quarter, I I think you said Angel Reese for the rest of the game.
2: Like they're getting to me. They're getting sat in the fourth quarter for sure but i think kemoki wants to make a statement with this game because they got bounced earlier than they thought they would against tennessee in the sec tournament so to be like well we lost a lot quicker than we thought maybe people aren't as high on us anymore let's make a statement with this one and beat the crap out of hawaii you know what i mean like make this make this 35 30-35 to 35 at the end of the third quarter. I could... And then it's like you'll give up probably a few points. Potentially. Like, I, I know I said they could... I, I could see it 87-45, but... I I just don't see how this could get to within 20. I don't see how this could get to within 25 unless Kim Mulkey sits the players at halftime. Like, you sit Flauja, you sit Alexis, you sit Angel... At halftime and the whole second half, you just have your bench players playing, but I just I, I can't see that happening. I I see this as a we are going to try and make it as far away as possible until I feel like I've done enough, and in the fourth quarter, I'll put in my backups for the rest yeah, of the game.
1: Yeah, I, I I could see that. Um, that that game's getting underway here in about five minutes. Between LSU and Hawaii, flipping over to the men's side of things, we talked about the Cajuns to open the show. James, it's always interesting to see how quickly
2: brackets just get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the one that we did on gone. Wednesday, gone, gone. That's so, awful. So
1: here's here here's a statistic. This company is reporting mm-hmm. that 20 million 56 thousand. 116 brackets were filled out. Okay. Okay. Only 157 remain perfect.
2: 157. If you're one of those 157, you should be... Picking Furman and Princeton, honestly, congrats to you. Yeah, you should be proud of yourself, too. Go pat yourself on the back. Because,
1: look, was I... Surprised by Furman beating Virginia? Yes and no. I would have called that game being an upset long before I would have called Princeton upsetting Virginia, uh, upsetting Arizona. Like, that was wild.
2: Yeah, because we had Arizona going to the Sweet 16. Absolutely
1: insane. Um, and then the, the Furman-Virginia game. Look, if you're Virginia... I understand you got trapped in the corner and and you needed to do something with the basketball. Call a timeout. I mean, I don't know if they had timeouts left or not, but if you have one left, call a timeout. Don't just heave it across the court. You handed them the game-winning shot on a silver platter. But look, I I make brackets every year really just for fun at this point. I know they're not going to be perfect. I know it's going to get busted on day one. I do it for the fun of it. I would rather see upsets than see my bracket be perfect. Honestly. Really? Honestly. The upsets to me are more exciting
2: than my bracket being right. Well, what about predicting those those upsets? Oh, I mean, if you call one, that's awesome.
1: But who whoever calls, you know, this 15 seed is gonna beat the two seed. Princeton, like they're yeah, they're winning. gonna beat Arizona. They got that.
2: Like, no, nobody calls that. That's except for the people at Princeton.
1: Right, right. Unless you're a Princeton fan making a a bracket with your heart, like you're not calling that. It's like five years ago when Virginia lost to UMBC when they were the one seed. Mm -hmm. How many people really picked UMBC, a 16 seed, who has the 16 seed had never won a tournament game up to that point? How many people picked them to upset Virginia? I guarantee
2: you it wasn't many. Like, that's just so unlikely. And you remember what I said before about this? I don't. There's no point in you doing say like a lot. Ac- I do say a lot. There's no point in doing like actual research. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's no point in putting logical right. thinking into this tournament. What do you think it's called, March Madness? You can't be like, well, this team they're doing this. I mean, you can look at the free throws, like looking at free throw percentage and efficiency. I feel like that's a useful stat to look into this tournament, but then you'll you'll see games like this, yep, with Furman, where they gave it away, and it's like the free throws didn't even matter. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so it's like there. You can look at some stats, sure, and maybe look at the records and look at the schedule, but it, at the end of the day, do you really think it matters all that much? No. Does it really? No. Like, that's, that's why it's that's why when Ralph had mentioned it before, talking about it, it's like he was pissed that his female co-workers were just picking it based on the color and because they liked the mascot. It's like, I mean, you might as well go with that logic because you trying to go with legit logic and trying to look at the stats, that does next to nothing. You might get a few games right, but because you're thinking so logically, you're going to miss on so many other ones. Update
1: you on the scores real quick. Eight and a half left in the second half. 11-seeded Pitt leads Iowa State 40-30. to with 9 minutes left in the second half, 6 seed Creighton leads North Carolina State 53 to 46. 2:12 left in the first half, Iona, the 13 seed, leads Yukon 36 to 32, and then a couple games that have gone final already. Marquette took down Vermont 78 to 61. St. Mary's handled VCU 63 to 51. Baylor took care of Santa Barbara 74-56. to 56. Xavier survived Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State led by as much as 16 in this game, 72-67. to 67. And then Michigan State in a close one with USC, 72-62. to 62. We'll take a timeout here. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles, he joins us next. We'll talk about the Jamal Williams signing, what to expect in the Saints' backfield, and much more right here on the game.
0: This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: This March, take your first shot at College Hoops with Fandle Sportsbook and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You'll get 20 bucks back on your bracket and you'll land 200 bonus bets whether you win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend on betting from everything, from the money line to those point spreads to even that 5-12 to matchup that I know you've been eyeing, all on app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's no better place to bet the tournament than FanDuel Sportsbook. Sign up today by going to FanDuel.com slash KLWB and make every moment more with FanDuel all tournament long. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online row money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued his nominal drawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply see full terms at Fandle.com sportsbook. And if you someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one 877
0: 770 stop This is Crunch Time. Live from the EVCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time for. Gonna go ahead and say 37. We're about 11 seconds away from 37. So I'm gonna say 37 on this Friday. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The game hotline 337 706 0111. So the Saints got a quarterback a couple of weeks ago. Made everybody really happy. Some people not so much, but most people were very pleased with it. And then you said, okay, well now. The, the the Saints are are getting somewhere, right? They're they're moving along, great. Well, then, Shai Tuttle, David Onyemata, Marcus Davenport, all leave. They're all gone. And you said, okay, so who's going to stand beside Cameron Jordan on the defensive line? Because everyone else is just non existent anymore. And so you sign Kalen Saunders. And Nathan Shepard. Okay, cool. So you got some defensive tackles. You need another defensive end on the other side of Cam Jordan. But, okay, sure. You could probably put Carl Granderson on on that edge rusher on the other side. Or Tano passing And so then, now that they've got the defensive tackles, your primary focus shifted back to the Saints really need a running back To partner with Alvin Kamara, especially if Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for beating the crap out of somebody in Las Vegas. So what did you do? You went get a running back. And not just a running back. How about the NFL's touchdown leader last year? Jamal Williams ran for 1,066 yards and 17 tutties last year. 17 tutties. Oh, and by the way,
2: he's a big Pokemon guy. It's kind of cool, right? He's just a big anime guy in general. Oh, you just made it weird. Brendan <laughs> Erdell of Canal
1: Street Chronicles joining us on the game hotline. Brendan, what's going on, bud? How are you?
4: What's up? Doing good. I'm, I'm no anime fan, but I'm glad that Cam Jordan has a anime teammate now that uh, that he can chop it up with.
1: Well, look, Pokemon... Pokemon's one thing. Because when we were kids, whether you liked anime or not, Pokemon was cool.
4: You know, I I don't care what he likes, he's going to get into the end zone. So he can wear we, the EV. Yeah, ass. right. We we we, we like we I like, like touchdowns. touchdowns.
1: <laughs> yeah, we like we like touchdowns. Um so l- l- let's talk about Jamal Williams. He's 27 years old. We just talked about him coming off of his 17 touchdown season with the New Orleans Saints' offensive line and Pete Carmichael's offensive system that we that we think is is fairly similar to what Sean Payton ran here for for 15 years. Uh what can Jamal Williams do in the black and gold?
4: He is everything we need. Um he ran for 1000 yards last year, which I, I will say that probably won't happen again. It just was circumstance and you know, he will at some point play with Alvin Kamara, I'm sure. Um So, two-headed backfield, um, it's always hard to rush for 1,000 yards. But you really go back and watch that 17-touchdown season. And I wouldn't call it a knock, but what people would knock them on is all these touchdowns would be within, you know, like the five-yard line. And for Saints fans, for Pete Carmichael, for us, that's perfect. That is what we need. We need a back. We need a player that can punch it in from the five. And we haven't had that. You know, well, we do have that in Taysom, um, but when he's out there, it becomes so obvious. And, you know, you put Taysom and Jamal Williams back out there like like they were at BYU, and that becomes a a little read option problem for a lot of teams. And I would say our problem these past couple seasons has been finishing, getting to the red zone, not being able to get in. So, bring back Mike. You now have one of the best backs in the NFL in terms of punching it in. Uh, big character guy, uh, and it wasn't too reasonable of a deal for either side, too, so really excited about that deal.
1: Now, lo- looking at what Jamal Williams can can bring on the side of Alvin Kamara, c- could we say that this might be one of the best running back duos in the country?
4: You kind of look around the league, and of course, Kamara at some point will be suspended, like you said, Um uh, beat someone up pretty good, but um, when they get back in the field, they're going to be beating up people pretty good in the field as well. I mean, that that is a scary duo. And I know at some point, you know, Pete's creative, they'll both get on the field together, and that'll be an issue. And w- another issue is they do kind of the same things well. Um, Jamal, of course, you know, is, is, a, is a good power runner, and I'm glad that we don't have to force AK to have those – Power runs as as often as uh, we'd like, um, but he's also pretty underrated in the pass game. I think that's something he did really well in Green Bay, and hasn't or didn't do a ton in Detroit. So I think that's something he can provide. Obviously, they had DeAndre Swift kind of in that receiving role in Detroit, uh, but I'm still bringing in another guy. Whether that's a rookie, um, whether that's a, a younger veteran, the Kamara and uh, Jamal are both. I think. I don't know what draft class they were, and they may have been the same one or very close. But, you know, running backs, their lifetime doesn't last very long. So I'd love to get a younger one in the room. But, yeah, if, if and when they're on the field at the same time, I, I would argue that they are one of the best tandems.
1: Now, looking at the defensive tackle signings, Nathan Shepard and Kalen Saunders, uh, what are your thoughts on each of those guys and what they bring to the New Orleans defense?
4: I mean, I don't think either either of them are like home run hitters or sure guys, but um I think Saunders is someone that I, I'm excited for. Uh the Saints defensive tackle position last year in the run game was horrible to to be nice. Uh it wasn't good. It got gashed. Uh a lot of the games they didn't play with a lead, so that was a problem as well. Teams were able to run the ball on them. Um and you know, we we took pride of the Um, 100-yard rusher stat, and that's just disappeared over these past couple seasons. Um, Shot Tuttle, I've always been a big fan of, but that dude got a bag. Good for him. I always root for Saints players to get um, money elsewhere, but that was way too much. Uh, Onyemata got paid a ton more than I would like, so they get comp picks for both of those guys, and that's good. Um, But those were two positions that I was thinking about, you know, it'd be better off if, if they went in a different direction. And that's what they did. So Nathan Shepard's a big body guy, and we haven't heard from him yet, um, but excited to see what those two can do. And I don't think they're necessarily done at that position of free agency. I still think he can bring in another vet. I mean, they do like the rotation of defensive tackles. I, I think, though, they're, they're trying to get back Malcolm Roach. Um, I still think they can go out and get a veteran uh, defensive end as well. Cam, uh, I mean – Bless his heart, He's been here for so long and feels like he hasn't had a, a dominant edge rusher uh, in forever. But you know, I'm, I'm glad that Davenport got his deal in Minnesota. And there's rumors about that deal not being signed yet because there's a physical pending. I'm just glad it's not our problem anymore, and we got a new defensive linemen to worry about.
1: Now that that kind of leads into my next question. You talked about how they may not be done on on that defensive line. Are, are there any particular names that you're watching a, as a guy that could fit in well for the saints?
4: Yeah. So there's one interesting one that I was thinking about, and this wouldn't hurt them in the comp pick formula. I don't know if they're necessarily, if that is ever in the equation, because I know they have like three or four comp picks as it stands right now, but the bears released al Muhammad, which is someone that they drafted way back when, um, they, they released him, obviously. Uh, he's gone on to play at the Colts and Bears, and he's been pretty good. I would say that someone that I would think about signing. You know, one-year deal, cheap, cheaper deal, wouldn't hurt your conflict formula. But if they want to be aggressive, um, as I'm looking at right now, Mickey Loomis and the Rolling Saints have the 11th most cap space in the National Football League. And I will add, I will add, in terms of NFL spending, all right, if, I don't know if Nick Wright is, uh, is listening to this show, but if not, tune in. <laughs> the NFL spending, the New York Giants lead the league with $86 million spent this offseason. The Saints are fifth. They spent $60 million and still have $18 million in cap space. $18 million. So they can go out and get a Frank Clark if they want. They can go out and try to get, you know, an Ngakwe. I mean, I'm all for it. Um Mickey's done a great job this offseason. My favorite part of this offseason so far is somehow, someway, they haven't cut anyone, uh, and they've had four players on the roster take pay cuts, and one of those guys being Andrews Pete, and he saves us $6 million and pretty much uh, would be an avoidable contract next year. So round of applause for what the Saints are doing so far.
1: Brendan Erdell joining us here on Crunch Time. You brought up $18 million to spend, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brendan, there's still a couple more contracts that the Saints could restructure,
4: right? There's still yeah, I mean I I I never I never um don't trust Kai Harley. I mean he's been there's a reason that he's in all the pictures that the Saints are signing with the free agents, um, he's the one handing them pen and the paper. He's doing all the work. So, um, yes, there is things that they can do. Um I know they re-signed Gilligan. I don't know if that's on the books yet. And they re-signed, or they signed a tackle from the Chargers. That's not on the books yet, but those will probably be like, you know, one to two million dollar deals. So they'll probably have around 15 to 16 million dollars in cap space. So you think about that, that's that's a lot. I mean, I don't think they're going to go out and get anyone who's going to cost a 10 plus mil. I, I think they're willing to kind of level off and um, I still think they want to add to the receiver room maybe like a veteran that will be in the uh five Isaiah, to $10 million range. Of Isaiah, Isaiah um, McKenzie? Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, I know Hunter Renfro's got a deadline, a hard deadline today. I don't know if they're interested in moving him. Um, Foster Morrow? I, yes. I know he just visited Cincinnati, I believe. Uh, I, I think Derek Carr could be a good recruiter for him. Um, but more aggressive catch guys, the better I, I think um, you can't go wrong.
1: Brendan Ertle joining us here. So you know right now with the way the off season has shaken out so far, where where's your where's your confidence level with the New Orleans Saints right now?
4: In terms of division play and conference play, I think everything has worked out pretty good for them. Um, I've always kind of rooted for the Jets to land Aaron Rodgers, just a, another elite quarterback out of the conference. Uh, we don't really know what Jordan Love's going to be. Um, you just look at the quarterbacks in the conference, it's just not very good. And uh, you look at Minnesota, those, that, that was a team that was um, posed a threat to a lot of teams last year. They, I think they've taken a couple steps back, losing Thielen, losing Kendricks. Um, dang, I mean, the Rams are, are tanking. Who knows what's going on with Arizona? Uh, Philly's losing a ton of guys. Um, I mean, a lot of Saints guys have been signed so far, and there's a reason that C.J. Garner-Johnson's not signed yet, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, Go get but him. I Go get him. I, mm, I don't know. I think he's asking for too much. I think that's why he's not being signed so far. But I would say the Saints, and confidence-level-wise, I think they have top five quarterback in the conference, top five defense in the conference, and uh, you know if this offense can figure it out, I like their chances.
1: Brendan Ertel joining us. Brendan, appreciate your time. Have a hell of a weekend. Enjoy March Madness, and who uh, that
4: Wednesday's got to be coming back soon. Yes, they do. Um, yeah, my bracket's already busted, but I'll,
0: yeah, I'll keep know. enjoying.
1: Appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. And there he goes, Brendan Ertel of Canal Street Chronicles. We'll take a timeout, wrap up hour number one right after this.
0: This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We here at the game know you love our shenanigans both on and off the air, and we want to help you help us. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Game Louisiana and click the bell so you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps. Help us get to a thousand subscribers to see more fun behind the scenes at the game Louisiana on YouTube.
0: You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the Goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: Welcome back to Crunch Time as we're wrapping up our number one here in we're broadcasting live from the FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multi-family construction. Looking at LSU versus Hawaii, LSU starting to pick up some pace at the end of the first quarter. Twenty-seven seconds left to go. They're up sixteen to five over Hawaii. Matt. Initially, it was eight to five. When yeah. I when I when I had last seen the broadcast, and now it's sixteen six. So they just made Deja Phillips made a free throw,
1: and she just made the second one. So sixteen seven, with twenty six seconds to go in the first quarter, uh, LSU. So what I've what I've noticed, I, I've really been paying attention during the timeouts. What I've noticed is that LSU is a little sluggish offensively mm-hmm. to start this game, but defensively they've been lights out. So far. Um, So it's early. The offense is going to figure itself out, and and they're going to get in the rhythm. I I really still think LSU runs away with this game.
2: Oh, hundred 100%. Like, I I know that they're starting off sluggish, which at that point, if you're starting off this sluggish, unless you go up by 30-plus with five minutes, seven minutes to go, how much time are we really going to see of the backups? Right. That's what it comes down to at this point. You started off pretty much sluggish the first half and most of the first quarter. You didn't look like the LSU that was beating everybody
1: by 50 every game. You may not give your subs or or your starters an opportunity to get a rest because you might need them. Uh, Looking at some updates on the men's side of things. How about Pitt? Pitt goes from a play-in game. Mm -hmm. Wins the play-in game. And now gets an 11 6 matchup, and they're going to beat six seeded Iowa State. 17 seconds to go in the game. Pitt leads 59 to 41. How
2: about the Pitt Panthers? That's impressive. I told you. That's impressive. I told you the fact that they have everybody so much older, so there's a lot more experience with that roster. People you had, that didn't want to give it credit. Experience matters. You had to
1: play an extra game. And now you're going to move on into the round of 32. Well done, well done by Pitt. That's awesome. Uh, looking at some other men's games, Creighton looks like they're going to take down NC State, 71 to 63 with 44 seconds to go. And the second half just getting underway for Iona and UConn. UConn leading, 41 to 39, 17 seconds into the second half. Of that one. Your next game that gets underway is at 550 between Fairleigh Dickinson and Purdue. Purdue is a 23 and a half point favorite in that one. Our number one is in the books. In our number two, we're going to talk to our guy Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company for Jake's takes. We're also going to talk some LSU baseball as they will head to college station and we preview tonight's march madness matchups right here on the game southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros we're back for hour number two or half an hour of number two right after this top of the hour sports update
0: you're clocked out we're locked in You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hour number two of Crunch Time here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana sports station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios here at Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company specializing in new multifamily construction. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, the game hotline 337706-0111. Three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. In our number one, we recapped the Cajuns falling just short to Tennessee in the NCAA tournament, fifty-eight to fifty-five. We also talked LSU women's basketball as they're currently playing Hawaii. They lead twenty to eleven with eight oh seven left in the second quarter. LSU baseball will be on the road tonight. Texas A&M pregame, 5.30. First pitch set for six. You can hear that right here on the game. Louisiana Raging Cajuns open Sunbelt play tonight at home for a three-game series with Arkansas State. Six o'clock tonight, two o'clock tomorrow, and then one o'clock on Sunday. We also talked about the New Orleans Saints signing Jamal Williams with our guy Brendan Ertle. Here in hour number two, let's kick it off with our guy Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company. We do it every Friday for Jake's Takes. Jake, appreciate you as always. Happy Friday to you, sir. How are you?
5: Doing good, man. Happy Friday.
1: So let's start with the New Orleans Saints. They have a terrible season. They go 7-10. and 10. Saints fans start to believe that the sky is falling. And then you sign Derek Carr. You sign Jamal Williams. Michael Thomas reworks his deal to make it even more team-friendly. And suddenly it, it feels like the Saints could be a player again.
5: Yeah, I think it's fool's gold. I just don't think you have enough. I, I just, uh, again, look, Derek Carr is good, but like I said last week, hes I, I don't think he's enough with the weapons that are, that are around him. I don't trust Michael Thomas. I don't, I, I don't know if y'all do. You know, you've added some pieces that help, and you're in a bad division, but I think Saints fans want Super Bowls, not just playoff appearances.
1: So, what else do you think the Saints need to do this offseason? <laughs>
5: Well, I I don't know if they have the ability to do enough, especially when you look at at the pick situation. I I mean, you have an older roster uh, that hasn't performed in the last two years. I think that kind of went into the thinking behind Derek Carr. Uh, You have a wide receiver core that Chris Olave is a nice piece. Again, I'll revert back to uh, Michael Thomas. I don't trust him. Uh, Again, it's, it's adding pieces that give you a legitimate chance to win it all. I don't know if the Saints have enough cap space to do that.
1: You know, looking at the NCAA tournament thus far, we, we always look forward to the, the major upsets, right? And, and Princeton taking down Arizona yesterday, Furman hitting that last-second three-pointer to beat Virginia. Uh, what, what games have really stood out to you so far in the tournament?
5: Well, I mean, this whole season uh, we've seen nothing but parity, so I'm not shocked that the tournament's been crazy. Obviously, Princeton beating Arizona. Uh, that, that one basically ruined my bracket, I'll never believe in Arizona again. They are 100% exiled from the trust tree forever and ever. I never forget or forgive. But, look, I mean, you you see teams that have guys that have that COVID year as well. You know, the transfer portal didn't just help the major schools. It helped the mid-major schools. So, uh, Princeton, Arizona, obviously, I, I picked Kennesaw State to beat Xavier, and they blew it at the end. But, you know, all of the upsets, you know, going back to Furman, being able to take advantage of Virginia, just losing their minds, but, you know, we've seen some really good games. And what's crazy is uh, we haven't seen an overtime game, I don't believe.
1: How close were the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns to, to being another bracket buster and taking down Tennessee?
5: Well, I, I don't know how many people had Tennessee getting past Duke anyway. I think Duke may be playing better than anybody in the country. But you knew it was going to be close without Ziggler. The problem is Lafayette doesn't shoot free throws well. And offensively, they weren't diverse enough to take advantage of an undermanned Tennessee squad. So I picked Tennessee to win that game. It was a great showing. Uh, by Louisiana. I know that they're proud of that group. Uh, It's something you can hold your head up. Uh, But at the end of the day, Tennessee just had a little bit too much.
1: Chatting with Jake Crane here for Jake's Takes each Friday on Crunch Time. You know, looking at, at NFL free agency, we talked about the moves the Saints have made what are some major moves that that are, you're still waiting to see? Obviously, we're waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. We're waiting to see if anything's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do do you see any of those moves come into fruition in in the next couple of days?
5: Yeah, look, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to end up going to the Jets uh you know i know they've hinted at it lazard's already going over there the packers said that they need uh the jets to be able to to make it worth their while and i get that but i think they'll find a way to get it done when you talk about lamar jackson right now it just looks like baltimore i mean he's left out there i mean hell the bucks just signed baker mayfield uh everybody seems that they're kind of in their spot so if you're the ravens you're sitting in a great position now so uh i think lamar's going to go back to baltimore i think aaron does go to the Jets, which means it's going to be Jordan Love time in Green Bay, which, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't believe in it. Uh, I think that most of the big splashes that, that we haven't already known about that could possibly happen have already happened. Jalen Ramsey going to the Dolphins, obviously. Uh, you know, you look at what happened with the Eagles up front, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey both coming back, and then they re signed Fletcher Cox. They're basically going to run it back, kept Darius Slay after they thought. Uh, you know, he was going to be gone because they weren't going to be able to make it work. So uh, I think we're kind of nearing the, the end of the, the huge moves that we don't already have an inkling that will happen.
1: Who Who's going who's gonna to get the services of C.J. Garner-Johnson?
5: Man, you know, look, he's, he played so well. And again, when you're surrounded by talented players, it helps you play better, even though in the Super Bowl they got absolutely roasted. Uh, I think there's multiple teams that are in the mix. Uh, I think if you're a team that maybe you look to draft a DB uh, taking a guy that's already proven that you know has, has done it at the highest level consistently uh, would be the move over taking a chance off drafting a guy. So there's multiple teams. To to point out one right now I think would just be speculative.
1: All right, Jake, give me some bets for this weekend.
5: Man, look, you know, I I, I like to hedge my emotions when it comes to betting and when it involves Auburn. But with Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd kind of hurt uh, and Auburn playing the way they did the other night and it's in Birmingham – Right now they're plus 195. They're minus 110 at plus plus five and a half. I don't think you'd be crazy to take that. I love Texas at minus five and a half against Penn State. I think they're just a better team. Uh, when you look around, kind of kind of some of the other matchups that are that the lines have already come out. Princeton and Missouri at uh, over under 149 and a half. I like the over in that game. Missouri shot 40% from three, uh, their first look. And then Arkansas, Kansas, they got only got Kansas at minus three and a half. Look, I, I know Nick Smith Jr. is playing good for Arkansas, but I think Jalen Wilson and them are too much. So go ahead and give me Kansas minus three and a half at minus 110.
1: Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, joining us for Jake's Takes. Jake, appreciate you as always. Enjoy the madness this weekend, and uh, we'll do it again next week.
5: Sounds good, guys. Y'all be good.
1: And there he goes, Jake Crane, the host of Crane and Company. Qatari pool at the free throw line for LSU now five fourteen to go in the second quarter. The Tigers lead twenty six to fifteen in the first round of the second Greenville Regional. If they win this game. They will play on Saturday um, on Sunday, and then the winner of that game will advance to the Sweet Sixteen in Greenville, South. Carolina, again, LSU, Texas A&M, 6 o'clock, pregame, 5.30 right here on the game. They're going to cut us off here in about 20 minutes. Paul Skeens going against the Aggies. This is going to be Skeens' first true test as a pitcher for LSU. And look, when your ERA begins with the number zero, after you've made multiple starts, you are doing something right. Can he continue it for the Tigers tonight against the Texas A&M team that has won eight straight? We'll continue that conversation here in just a moment. Also, UConn continues to lead Iona 52-43 to with 15-46 to go in the second half. We're going to take a timeout here on Crunch Time. When we return, we'll talk more about March Madness. We'll talk more about LSU and Texas A&M. And then we'll send it out to Chris Blair over in College Station right here on The
0: Game. This is Crunch Time on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
2: This March, protect yourself against upsets with bracket parlay insurance on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, all customers can get up to $25 back each day if your parlay of three legs of water Falls just one leg short. I'm going to take Purdue and... FAU, and Kentucky to all win their first round matchups. With a parlay, you can turn a small bet into an absolute slam dunk. And With cash out, you're going to be calling the shots now. You can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. Just sign into your Fandle Sportsbook account or go to Fandle.com slash KLWB to sign up today. That's Fandle.com slash KLWB. Make every moment more with Fandle, America's number one sportsbook. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max bonus $25 bet per day unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. <laughs>
0: Tune in every weekday at 8 15 a.m. and 3 15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time right here on the Game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Getting ready to wrap up today's show and bring you out to College Station, Texas with the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair for LSU Texas A&M in a three-game series kicking off tonight. But before we do that and even preview that game, let's look at the slate of March Madness games still to come tonight. And oh man, are there some good ones. So we'll start, James... With the matchup that tips off at 6-10 on CBS. number 11 seed Providence and 6-seeded Kentucky. Both teams coming into this game with a record of 21-11. Kentucky is a a 4.5 point favorite in this one with an over-under of 143. You've already seen quite a few upsets today. And throughout the tournament, really, can Providence joined the likes of Furman and Princeton and what nearly was Louisiana as a quote-unquote bracket buster.
2: I mean, I could see it. They both have similar records at 21-11, and 11, and Kentucky is only a four-and-a-half-point favorite. But I do look at their last three games, and in fact, their last five. They lost three in a row, and they've lost four of their last five, including to UConn. Xavier, Seton Hall, and then UConn again. So they're not coming into the tournament on a hot streak. And that's what it comes to when it comes to tournament play, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. Are you hot going into the tournament? And they are not. No.
1: No, they are not. Um, So it'll be interesting to see that game. Uh, Providence has had some success in the NCAA tournament in the past. Uh, So it'll be – and obviously, you know, Kentucky – John Calipari has won a national championship before. He knows what it takes to get the job done. Uh, he's been under a lot of scrutiny recently because it seems like ever since Kentucky gave him his lifetime contract extension that he's struggled at Kentucky. Uh, so interested to see how that one plays out, if the Friars can play spoiler there. How about the six twenty five matchup? Drake coming in as the twelve seed, twenty seven and seven on the season against five seeded Miami, uh, Miami most recently, losing to Duke in the ACC championship game eighty five to seventy eight. Excuse me, that was the semifinals, eighty five to seventy eight. Miami's a great team. They've had a solid year. They've won three of their last five. Drake's won four of their last five, including a win. Over Louisiana earlier in the season, it's an over/under of 146. Miami's a two and a half point favorite in this one. I said earlier this week that I would pick Drake to upset Miami, and James, I'm still gonna go with that. Give me the Bulldogs over the Canes in uh, in this
2: game. What do you What do you think about this matchup? I mean, I had Drake as well. We we both went with the upset. I know and Drake, they've actually they've been on a real nice hot streak. I mean, looking at it, they've only lost one time out of their once out of their last 14 games. Yeah. So, they're kind of on a hot streak. Yeah. Miami and who's to say we don't see even more they've, upsets cuz we've seen plenty already. We've seen Princeton. We've seen Furman. USC wasn't able to beat the Trojan, not able to beat Michigan State earlier today. So I mean, there, there's been a lot of crazy games, and I would not be surprised to see the Bulldogs upset the Hurricanes no, today. A- absolutely, Tucker DeVries,
1: the leading scorer for Drake, nineteen points per game so far this season. That's good for forty fourth nationally in points per game. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I just like you said, they're thirteen and one in their last fourteen games. I I just have a feeling that, that Drake's going to find a way to to win that game tonight. Uh, Grand Canyon Gonzaga. Now Grand Canyon, look, Grand Canyon is a great program. They've been in the tournament multiple times before. Twenty four and eleven on the season. They've had a great year. But you're talking
2: about the Zags. <laughs> Twenty
1: eight and five. They went to the NCAA championship game just a few years ago. They're 16-point favorites in this one with an over-under of 153-and-a-half. Uh, I don't have much to say about this game other than give me the Bulldogs. Exactly. Same here. I mean, it's just, look, Grand Canyon can put up a fight. It could be a close game. But at the end, Mark Fuse group is going to find a way to win this game. Point blank. Um, so give me the Zags in this one. eight twenty. Florida, Atlantic, and Memphis. Now, what's interesting about this game is, James, you and I have Florida, Atlantic going to the Elite Eight. To Sweet 16, I'm sorry, Sweet 16. Before they, fall, before they end up falling to Duke. In order to get to the Sweet
2: 16, they're going to have to win tonight. <laughs> that is very true, and Memphis is sitting there at that one point favorite, so it's, it's practically a pick'em. It really is uh, over under of one fifty two. And man, when you look at Florida Atlantic,
1: they're thirty one and three on the season. You look at their last five. I, I know Conference USA w- hasn't been the strongest conference as as of late. Uh, I mean, they killed Rice, they beat Louisiana Tech, they killed Western Kentucky. They had a close game with Middle Tennessee, and then they destroyed UAB um, in, in their final game. And then when you look over at Memphis, who they've played, you beat SMU. You lost by two to Houston, who was the number one overall seed, one of the number one overall seeds in this tournament. And then you ripped off a three game win streak where you beat UCF, Tulane, and then you got revenge on Houston. So this team has beaten Houston already and then lost to Houston a second time by two. Memphis is a scary group uh, at 26-8 and so far on the year. I know it's only a one-point game. I know the over-under is 152. I'm still taking Florida Atlantic, but I'm not going to be surprised if it's Memphis. Yeah, it's not one of those confident picks, but I'm still going with FAU as well. That game kicks off at eight twenty tonight. Looking at a couple of other matchups: Montana State, Kansas State. Kansas State seven and a half point favorite over in Greensboro. This one's tough. This one's really tough. The Bobcats had a good year at twenty five and nine. Kansas State sitting at twenty three and nine. There's a there's a big gap between the Big Twelve and the big sky conferences I, I believe the conference that uh yeah the big sky conference that montana state comes out of i'm going to take the big 12 school here and i'm going to go with kansas state i'm going with kansas state as well um, that game is at 8:40 tonight and then a couple more matchups to get to kent state indiana this game could be interesting uh, Indiana's had a great year, led by Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, one of the one, I believe he finished as an All-American this year for the Hoosiers. Kent State again, solid season as well, 28 and six. But experience is going to pay dividends here, and I I think that that favors Indiana
2: in this game. Yeah, but you can't you can't keep out Kent uh, Kent State. So you're taking the flashes. No, I'm still taking Indiana. I'm just saying. This one probably will come down to a buzzer beater because Kent State, they've been playing really well as of late, winning 10 out of their last 11. And the last matchup Arizona
1: State, TCU. Pretty even matchup here. Arizona State's 23 and 12. TCU's 21 and 12. Uh, TCU's a five point favorite, the over under at 142. Both teams coming into this game, winning three of their last five. Um,. It's kind of hard to pick a winner out of this one, too. I mean, Mike Miles has been a key piece for the Horned Frogs at 17 points per game. But Arizona State has has had a, a nice run as of late. Like we said, winning three of their last five. They've got wins over Oregon State. They've got wins over USC. They battled with—they they beat Arizona by one— Then they lost to him in the tournament. You've you've got some key victories here and then some really close losses. I'm interested to see how this game goes. I I think I'm going to pick TCU to win, but Arizona State has made a lot of headway down in in February and March, so I'm interested to see if the Sun Devils could be another team that, that pulls off a big upset this year. Uh, but but I think I am going to go with TCU.
2: Yeah, so the Sun Devils could very easily win this game, but I'm still picking the higher seed in the Horde Frogs. All right, James, LSU-Texas A&M tonight. What are, we,
1: what are we looking for in that game? How many cruise missiles do you see?
2: I was about to say, are we putting the cruise missile counter at half, at .5? Uh, I think I'm going to take the over. Going to go for the over on this one? On
1: that one. Uh AM, look, they're a great group. Um the, the, the Cajuns had to deal with them last year. But one thing that's interesting about this game is that uh, I know LSU's only lost one game so far this year, but AM's coming into this contest on an eight game win streak. They're red hot. They're gonna be at their own park. I would not be surprised if LSU slips up this this season, this weekend um now tonight might be a different story I think they could get a win tonight, but the weekend as a whole, you think will, they lose Saturday and Sunday will be very interesting. It's gonna be very interesting um am's got the pitching Am certainly has the offense as well and and again, especially in baseball, at least for me there's just something about being in. Your home park. You look at a guy like Austin Bost, who had a great year last year. He's already up to three home runs on the year, hitting 323. Jack Moss, as well, was a key piece for them last year. He's hitting 308. Austin Bost has already driven in 24 runs already in this season. In 17 games, he has 24 RBIs. He's averaging close to an RBI and a half per game. Per game. That's insane. Game insane. <laughs> See what it did there? But anyways, I think they could win tonight, but the series as a whole is going to be very difficult to see if they if they pull it out. But one we'll want to take this opportunity to thank our guests today, Brendan Ertle and Jake Crane, for joining us. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Have a hell of a weekend. Enjoy March Madness. Enjoy college baseball. And we will be back on Monday to recap it all and preview some Sweet 16 matchups in the NCAA tournament right here on The Game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's send it to College Station now. and the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair.